Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday, June the 26th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline Senior Vice President of Operations. And I'm so excited this morning because we are wrapping up 1 Timothy. I really love this chapter, and specifically the last part of chapter 6, which is where we're going to be this morning. You know, we've been on this journey in 1 Timothy for a couple months now, and it's six short chapters, but it's such practical information for us on on just leadership, really the structure of the church, the expectation of the church, and just so much information as far as a reference guide to go back to, to remember, to meditate on uh, when it comes to questions, the authority of, of uh, preachers and teachers and elders in our life, qualifications of those, what it looks like to lead a church effectively, distractions that can come our way. And this is really written from a frame frame reference of, you know, an older, more seasoned follower investing in somebody, somebody young, mentoring them um, to, to not give up, you know, and really just teaching life lessons. And that's what we see in this letter from Paul to Timothy. And in this last bit of this first letter, he's really giving him a final charge. Just, it's almost like a recap, a reminder of the things that he's going to face, uh, things that he has faced, lessons he has learned, and it's just a reminder. And I think we all have people in our lives that we're grateful for that just give us that level of of charge, that kind of reminder in our lives to stay faithful, to not give up, um, and just to keep a, a good perspective of, of the Lord, that the Lord is in control. And, and in this season of Timothy's life in the church of Ephesus, this is really what we we see. We see false teachings happening. We see strain from the word, strain from the truth. And I can't help but think as a young pastor, Timothy was probably discouraged. And Paul knew this. So he re- he wrote this letter to him to keep him encouraged, to keep him focused, and to, and to really help him not be caught by surprise when these things are happening. Because as a Christ follower and a believer, these are the things that are going to happen in the culture around us. So he starts off this conversation in reminder of just saying, flee from all of this. Well, what is he What is he asking and reminding Timothy to flee from? Well, if you look back in the first part of chapter 6, what is referenced here is the, the prevalence of false teachings as well as the love of money. And I think those things are very easy to steal our attention. Even, even today, it's so much correlation between what is happening here in Ephesus and what is happening in our world. But how easy is it to be distracted by what is in front of us, by the love of money, by false teachings? That, that is that is everywhere. You cannot turn on the TV or look at media without something being in your face that you don't know if it's true or if it's, if it's false. We are inundated with false teachings, and we are also reminded that you know if we have more money if we are consumers that our life is going to be better if we only we have this or if only we have that 
we will find happiness. And what Paul is telling Timothy is just run from those things. They're all a lie. Run from those things. Stay grounded in the truth and fight the fight of faith. So let's just read through this a little bit. Um, The first couple of verses and hopefully find some application together through this. It says in 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He is, he is reminding him again, flee from those false teachings, flee from that love of money, and devote your energy and your time in pursuing what? Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Work toward these things. Don't work to accumulate worldly possessions and worldly treasures. Work toward becoming more like God. And he even says in verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. It's it's not going to be easy. Persevere. Put your head down. Work diligently to take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Keep your perspective on eternity is what he's reminding them. Don't lose sight of what the Lord has called you to do and where he has called you. Keep your eyes on him. Don't forget about your eternal home. This eternal life and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is the whole reason we are, we are here. The whole reason we live is to, to find that forgiveness and that reconciliation through Christ. I love Psalm 97, and it really helps put the entire chapter of Psalm 97 in perspective. And it starts out with this one verse. It says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. The Lord reigns. I think it's so crucial for us to just dwell on that. And I think even in this letter that Paul is writing to Timothy, the the Lord is in control. The Lord the Lord reigns. And if that's the case, let's celebrate. Let's find joy. Let's find find a smile to put on our face. Let's be happy because he's in control. And if we know that he's in control and we know he's on the throne and we know that he reigns, we shall be glad. We shall rejoice because of that hope. Don't lose sight of that eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And this is this is this reminder in the very beginning of this um, this letter to find joy, to find satisfaction, and to pursue a godly life. He continues in verse 13. He says, In the sight of God who gives life to everything into Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, and I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame, until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep this command. What command is he talking about? He's talking about the pursuit of righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, and to to fight the good fight of faith. The command is to fight this fight and to pursue a godly life. This is where, this is the reminder that Paul is writing about. You know, in this this faith, he talks about the, the true definition of faith says to a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We as Christ followers have to put our trust and our confidence in Jesus Christ. That is where we find our hope. That is where we find our trust 
And this is what he's being reminded of in this passage. Fight that fight of faith. Don't give up. And the reason, this is what's so beautiful about this, this letter, verses 15 and 16 is a reminder of why. You fight this good fight of faith. Why? And you trust in him because God the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in the unapproachable light, who no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. This is why we can find trust and rest and fight that fight, is because he's in control. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And don't get distracted by what is around you because we know who he is and what he has created us to do. He continues on in the the second chunk of verses here, starting in verse 17, and dives deeper into what are those things that can get us distracted? What are those things that are going to keep us from fighting that good fight, that are keeping us from pursuing that godliness, that gentleness, and what... Um, he described in verse in verse number um, 11. This is what he says in verse number 17. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming of age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. God will provide us with everything. We cannot put our hope in wealth because it's so uncertain. We have to trust and know that the Lord will give us everything that we need. It is Him that is our provider. Matthew 6 actually talks about this and uses the imagery of a, of a bird. And I know... All of us have seen a bird, um, maybe even held a bird. Who knows? Um, but this is what the this is what the Lord teaches us in Matthew six twenty five, and it says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air." They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more of value than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He's telling us to look, look at the birds in the air around us. They simply wake up from their nest, they go and eat, and then they do what birds do, <laughs> whatever that may may be. But they don't. They're not storing away in barns. They're not sowing the seed and reaping the harvest. They're just simply trusting and relying on God to provide their food. And and we're reminded here in Matthew: of, Are we not much more valuable than than the birds of the air? As image bearers of Jesus Christ, He will richly provide us with everything. He's going to give us what we need. And because he's going to give us what we need, we have to trust. We can't we can't try to store up treasures on this earth. We have to give it away. Command us to be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. 
And what's going to happen when we do that? When we have that attitude of giving, that attitude of surrender, he says, then you will lay up a treasure for yourselves as a firm foundation and take hold of the life that is truly life. We will take hold of that life that is truly life. And that's only through having an attitude of giving. It's so easy in our culture to just hold on, just to hold on to things and possessions and, and to think that that's going to find, uh, provide joy, satisfaction, assurance. But we have seen over and over again how uncertain uh, finances are. They can come, they can go, but what is never changing is the stability and the foundation that we find that we find through Jesus Christ. He is our provider, He is our caretaker, and He will give us all that we need. We cannot put our hope in wealth. True life, true satisfaction comes through Him and through Him alone. He wraps this section up in in verse 20 and 21, and it says this. I love the way, it, it, I, I just am reminded of the way a father would talk to a son or a coach would talk to a player. He says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and of opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have departed the faith. Grace be with you all. You know, I don't know what Timothy's full name was, but I feel like if we knew, it would probably be listed here in verse 20. Paul is just closing out this letter of just a direct address, calls him by name again, and says, Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to your care. Well, what had been entrusted to Timothy's care was, was the people of the church of Ephesus. Was this church, this group of people, as he was discipling them, and Paul gave him so much practical advice on how to make that happen throughout this entire letter. So he's saying, Timothy, remember what I've told you. This is what's most important. Guard that closely. Care for them. Don't get distracted by false teachings around you. Don't get distracted by um, the accumulation of money and possessions. Stay focused on me and guard what has been entrusted to your care. Don't turn away from the godless chatter and the opposing ideas, as some people are doing. Don't, don't follow the crowd, is what he's saying. Follow me and lead these people into a deeper relationship with, with me um, as their eternal father. Be faithful with what God has entrusted you with. And this is what, how this letter wraps up. Be faithful with what has been entrusted to you. And I, I can't help but think, you know, what has been entrusted to us? Um, parents, as fathers and mothers, the care for our children has been entrusted to us. Guard them. Guard these children. They've been entrusted to our care. What are we doing to point them closer to the Father? Do they look at us and, and do they say, man, okay, we just... Yeah, it's payday, right? We just got money, or we just inherited this money, or we have this money, so now everything's okay. Or do they see the daily care and trust of our Father, the reliance upon our Father, to where our true hope is in Jesus and not in money?
I think this is such a convicting chapter, convicting verbiage, really, that Paul has written here of guarding what has been entrusted to our care and modeling what it means to be a godly godly parent um, and, a, and a believer um, that is modeling what he laid out in verse number 11 of righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness and being um, honed in on what the Lord has called us to do as his children. So I'm excited to jump into 2 Timothy over the next few weeks. Um, I've really enjoyed 1 Timothy, and I love how this letter wraps up. And I love the challenge of guarding what has been entrusted to our care. So let's go with that this week and remember those words. Um, today we're going to close out in the time of, of prayer, just praying for what the Lord is doing through our church partnerships team just around the nation. Um, traveling so much, supporting churches in such a deep way. Um, so we just want to pray um, for those relationships um, as our team is, is serving diligently and that the Lord will bless these efforts as we partner and serve um, the churches just across the entire nation. So let's close out our time today in prayer. God, thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of First Timothy. We thank you for the application that's in there that is so practical. Um, and God, I just pray that we we dwell on that. Lord, we remember what has been entrusted to our care, and we remember the life that you've called us to, to model. So, Lord, help us to recount these words as we go on about our week um, and model those for our, for our children and our colleagues that we work with. God, we, we pray specifically today for our church partnerships team. God, we pray that um, you'll give, send us new churches to partner with. God, give us new avenues to meet new people and to, uh, to build new relationships that we can um, grow deeper with existing ones and find new ones. Lord, even ones that have more diversity, God, you know um, our heart to be able to serve more ethnic, ethnic diverse churches, um, to find partnerships there. Lord, to be able to to even serve our clients in such a such a deeper way. So God, we pray for diversity among these relationships and these partnerships that we have uh, across the nation. God, we pray that um, our churches will just create a culture where adoption and foster care are just in the DNA. Um, Lord, that they're encouraged and they're supported in these families um, that, are, that are just challenging or just able to step into a place with this church and walk life um, with this church where they feel accepted, supported, um, and have ongoing love, care, and support. God, we, we pray um, that these churches just step up and become more outspoken and, and embrace what it means to be pro-life in a holistic way. God, we pray that they recognize the value of life both inside and outside the womb. God, we ask that these churches are able to show love and compassion to these women who are in an unexpected pregnancy. God, that they will continue to, to show love and compassion to these women that are choosing life or have chosen abortion. God, may they be able to hear about the resources we have and the way the church can wrap around them. God, we pray for pastors and leaders. Um, Lord, may they just, may they speak truth. Um, Lord, as we've even studied today, may they um, look at the instructions of what a church is to look like in First Timothy. And Lord, may they follow the biblical call that we see in James to care for orphan and vulnerable children around the world. Lord, may they embrace these biological families. And, and Lord, may this just um, infiltrate the preaching and the teaching and the leadership of our churches. God, um, we also just pray for the, the summer. It's a busy season. Um, so much that we are doing with church-based ministries with Mission Kid, with Stand for Orphans, and so many other initiatives that are on the table. God, we pray that you use these to 
raise awareness to children around the world um, and children here in our nation to have a better understanding of what it looks like to care for orphan and vulnerable children um, in their communities. God, we pray um, that these, these initiatives take root. And Lord, they're just a launching pad for new partnerships um, across the nation. Lord, we pray for even opportunities for our staff to to stand um, on stage and preach and proclaim your call to care for orphans and vulnerable children, Lord. We pray for conferences. What a busy season for us as we are traveling and presenting and exhibiting at so many conferences, God. We pray that you bless those efforts with new partnerships. And Lord, we just ask for wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom to, to better recognize the needs of these churches. And Lord, give us creativity on resources that need to be created um, so that we can serve these churches well. So Lord, we thank you for just the the way that you've shaped our ministry and how the church is at the core and the center of that. And Lord, may you use us as a vessel to equip them well. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.